Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the sleazy Hollywood producer completely misrepresenting an entire profession capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I'm foiling crime with my epic kite moves. Do your kites wrap themselves around your victim's ankles magically after cutting away, or...? Their criminals just seem to fall over for no reason. (laughs) 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 And coming to you from the burning boat that's just offshore and about to explode of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my (laughs) other co-host, John. John, what's happening? Oh my god, I am so excited. I've got a double shot of good news. Our pitch for Millennial Rewind, the men behind the mics, actually got picked up, and (laughs) they like me so much, they want me to play Jules. Uh, I mean, you are so much more Jules than Jules ever could be. Amen. And by the way, because I always have to follow Jules up on this segment, I always come up with at least two. And my other one was, I'm combating the scourge of invisible graffiti with the power of kites. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the important thing about this show is that we both have to make out with Nick to see which of us is going to play me, right? No, I'm playing you. <laughs> we can still make out. That was well, yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally. I'm a way better me than you'll ever be. Uh, I did high school drama. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, before the show gets completely off the rails, uh, we're going to tell you what this is all about. Uh, If you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. And all that nonsense is because we watched Baywatch Season 4, Episode 18, Rescue Bay. Yes! I just love how this show has just become a fascination for us. There is a line in this episode where the Hoff says, I can't believe this is happening. That is what you will say every time you watch this show, like 20 times per episode. It's... (laughs) So true. And John, how would you tell somebody you watched Baywatch Season 4, Episode 18, Rescue Bay, without using the title? Oh, I have returned to my happy place. My very sandy, sun-drenched, sanity-lacking happy place. (laughs) You are goddamn. We all did. We all did. And Jules, if the producers, real or fake, had come up to you and asked you for a different title for this episode, what would it be? Well, you have to do it in a certain voice, but I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Pervy. <laughs> yes. Oh, Mr. Pervy from Lifeguards Can't Jump makes his return <laughs> as the sleazy Hollywood producer. <laughs> I don't think he's wearing a different shirt. I think he's wearing the same (laughs) shirt from that fucking episode. I'm sure at least one of them is the same. He has several terrible, terrible shirts that look like the inside of a Taco Bell threw up on it. (laughs) I mean, I I have a conspiracy theory that he is the mastermind behind the show, the producing of the show, and everything else in existence in the Baywatch world. Oh Well, let me just go ahead and jump in on this. Uh, I wasn't (laughs) sure where to bring it up, but this 
this is his third appearance on Baywatch that I've seen. He has a total of seven, and I fundamentally believe that they are all actually the same character in disguise. <laughs> this is from a time where you were watching week to week, so they could have a minor supporting character and then a season or so later bring the actor back and no one would really piece it together. But now with streaming, oh my God, this guy is always running a con of some sort. In the first one that I saw, we didn't cover it, but he was pretending to be like emergency services personnel and Hop almost got him arrested and told him to stay <laughs> out of their life. Then he snuck on on a honeymoon and tried to date CJ and lifeguards can't jump. <laughs> and now he returns again to piss Hop off. I mean, like... <laughs> That is a solid theory. Conspiracy yeah. theory, the actor himself just conned his way onto the show. <laughs> He's just pretending to be an actor so he can be on Baywatch. I mean, we'll get to it once we break down the show, but I swear he has like three expressions. Aghast, nodding, and ejaculation. It, it, it's really... <laughs> It's all various levels of ejaculation. It's just his really, really goofy O face over and over again. So this actor, his name is Jeff Haltman, and he had a variety show that from all intents and purposes, I couldn't find an episode and I don't think I want to. This thing it seems could be considered a hate crime. It's called Pink Lady, and it was him and two female Japanese hosts who don't speak English for a variety show and it's apparently even worse than you're imagining Ooh. there was a review of this thing that i found though and it mentioned it stars jeff altman who has never been funny in anything <laughs> disagree <laughs> i've seen Baywatch, and he i mean unintentionally hilarious <laughs> yeah uncomfortably yeah but the fact that he's just uncomfortable and apparently whatever is just a running thing not just Baywatch. oh my god yeah this was this was like putting on a wrapping yourself up in a warm toasty comfortable blanket just the unabashed perviness the terrible lines the terrible acting it was so self-aware they might as well have been talking directly to us the audience because it's so like meta from the moment i saw this episode i was texting these guys saying, I've just found the perfect Baywatch episode, except Guido's not in it. Oh, if only Guido was in it. When we remake Baywatch. R.I.P. Guido. Oh, no, no, there's more Guido. But nowadays, when a character like Deadpool is mainstream, it doesn't seem like much, but mid-90s television was not ready for this level of self-awareness. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was not. It seemed confused about the message right at the end, but again, I don't want to ruin our breakdown. <laughs> It's Baywatch. It is confused. What do you mean at the end? It's constantly confused. From the beginning and throughout. Yeah, this episode is so meta, it could reasonably sue the Facebook parent company. It's just... <laughs> ridiculous i do want to post a bit of an apology you know, a little follow-up from the last time we reviewed we talked about bald guy in the opening credit sequence and how he popped up in the show and jules had made a mention of oh where's your story i learned this guy's story and i think it's important to tell this is mike newman the character shares his name he was originally brought onto the show as a consultant because he actually had a 20-year career at that point of being in la county lifeguard and firefighters so he was brought on to show him how to do stuff especially emergency response that sort of thing and they liked him and put him on the show and he's gotten eventually more and more screen time i haven't gotten to anything with him actually having a plot 
of his own yet, <laughs> but he is there with very good reason. So apologize okay. for just being so eh, so flippant last time. Hey, you know, he got his SAG card, so that's that's what's important. <laughs> Damn right. All right. Well, I don't think we have much more to say on the matter that hasn't already been said in previous episodes. So uh, we're going to take a quick bit. Ba- <clears throat> we're going to take a, a quick, quick bait. <laughs> We're going to quickly get baked, and then (laughs) when we come back, we're going to dive into this wonderful shit show that is Rescue Bay. Hey, look who it is. Come on in here. Get in here, you guys. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, sleazy producer. Hey, 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 hey. No need to be formal. Just call me sleazy. Uh, okay, sleazy. Look, Millennial Rewind is an amazing podcast. Two whole people that aren't your mothers listen to it. I got my top writer, who's also me, to write a TV script about it. Nice. And I want you all to play each other. Wait, wait, wait. When you say play each other, you mean like we're playing ourselves, right? Oh, no, no, no. You're gonna play each other. Jules, you're gonna play John. John, you're gonna play Nick. And Nick, you're gonna play Jules. But why would we play each other when we don't even look or sound like each other? Well, I mean, you and Nick kind of look like each other. You got that whole tall, skinny thing going on. I take offense to that. Yeah, me too. Look, who knows you better than the guys you podcast with? Come on, let's let's just try reading the script. Come on, let's give it a shot. Yeah, come on, guys. Let's just try it out. Okay. Crocky, my name's Jules, and I like fish and chips, isn't it? What the hell was that? I don't sound like that, and crikey's definitely more of an Australian thing. Great job, Nick. Great job. Jules, now it's your turn. And I'm John. I take inspiration points away from people during Dungeons & Dragons because they make puns. Oh, holy shit. No, I take inspiration points away from people who make bad puns. If you would pay attention during the sessions, maybe you would have figured out how to buy Guys, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. This dude seems to have a lot of intimate knowledge about us that we have not revealed on air. Uh, it's actually really easy to make a psychological profile of you guys based on your behavior on the podcast. That's disturbing. Okay, and finally, your line, John. Go! And I'm your host, Nick. I message the other two about podcast business late at night because I'm too impatient to send them at a reasonable hour. Okay, hang on. Also, I'm such a goddamn control freak, I need to micromanage every single aspect. No, no, no. Let me write the goddamn script. Do you have that cut of the edit ready yet? No? Well, how much longer is it going to be? Do you have 15 minutes? 15 minutes? Another hour? Okay, fine. So rude. That's pretty spot on, actually. I mean, he's got the motivations. He's actually, you know, representing Okay, you. you know what? You know what? I don't have to take this shit. All right, I am out of here. Screw you guys. Jeez, that guy's got an ego. Anyways, Jules, do you think you could play Jules? Uh, crikey, my name's Jules and I like fish and chips, innit? Perfect. Jules playing Jules makes me want to abandon some children. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back and mm mm Mm, that sweet, sweet intro sequence. <laughs> With additional footage now. There's explosions in it. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was just like, you know, so, okay, same thing. Probably not going to comment much. And then what the fuck? They're running away from an exploding lifeguard tower for no reason. Yeah, Mitch, Stephanie, and Summer. <laughs> Mitch in a uh, wetsuit for reasons. They are running away from an exploding lifeguard tower. What no, is, the, is this? I've seen this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this was a wonderful guest star that I didn't know when we first recorded because it, the guest star is from our very first episode, Mortal Kombat. Kano is an exchange lifeguard from Australia who has a vendetta against Mitch from when he was down there and had a, a failed rescue. And it turned out to be this guy's girlfriend. So he had the oh so simple scheme of becoming a lifeguard to join the exchange program to go enact his revenge upon the Hoff. <sighs> he knocked him out, tied him up inside a lifeguard tower and set it on fire with the gas can still in there. And they managed to get him out in time. That's what this explosion is from. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Nick. Just gotta jump in here real quick and set something straight. John is incorrect here. The episode with Kano from Mortal Kombat is not the episode that is depicted in the intro sequence in Season 4. He was very excited to talk about anything Mortal Kombat and Baywatch related, and we can't really blame him. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that Mortal Kombat and Baywatch are basically our kinks. So he realized his mistake afterwards. He asked me to make this correction when and I edited the episode, so here I am doing exactly that. And with all that said, back to our regularly scheduled bullshit. Shang Tsung was also the villain of an episode. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Seriously? That makes me so happy. Oh, no. He also had a vendetta with Hoff, and he kidnapped Hobie <laughs> to force him <laughs> into a fight to the death. <laughs> I fucking love Baywatch. I like to think Shang Tsung came to try to take Hoff's soul and Hoff's soul just punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell? While I'm on the subject of missed opportunities of cast members, Guido's mom is played by the real estate agent from Ghostbusters. Oh my God. It is the worst sequence I've ever seen on this show when they meet up. Oh God, it's terrible. <laughs> like two people with really shitty fake Italian accents Italianing at each other. <laughs> If by Italianing you mean Guido, Mama, Guido, Mama, for what seems like two minutes straight, it's legitimately awful. It's not even fun bad. Oh, it's just cringe bad. Just... It's just bad. Yeah. There's also no Kelly Slater in this intro. Like, I guess he left or. Uh, yeah, he's off the show at this point. You still see him surfing, but they don't give him a credit. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Kelly Slater. Yeah, he doesn't get a credit anymore. They're just going to use his image so we're gonna open up on stephanie radioing mitch about you know some exposition from a truck on the beach as she's driving down apparently cj's been doing an exchange program in hawaii and they really need her back by tuesday though because reasons and you can tell hitchcock's on the beach because we got a lot of seagulls (laughs) my opening note was so many kites (laughs) so many kites i wonder if there'll be plot significance (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 are you implying that Baywatch has foresight and a notion of scene structure? <laughs> yeah, this is oddly foreshadowing with all these kites. And by the way, listener, nobody flies kites on LA beaches like one person does. This is not realistic. Also, there aren't any fat people on the beach for some reason. There are no, zero ugly people. There's zero ugly people on this beach. Oh, there's about to be one. Well, there's about to be one because we meet on a cell phone the TV producer who is, as we mentioned, um, Jeff Altman of previous Baywatch fame. Pervy stalker guy. Yeah, I have Return of the Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 
his characterization, his acting choices do not change. He's his same pervy, gross self. And he's pretending to be his own assistant slash answering machine for fucking reasons. Like, what is this? I assume it's because, you know, his wife left him and his wife was the one who was doing that job before. (laughs) But then it turns out he's talking on the phone to his assistant, I guess, Dolores. This is the sort of acting a phone conversation where there's not actually time for the person on the other end to speak. Nope. Because <laughs> he does the fake, you know, leave your message at the tone. Beep. No, 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 no. Don't hang up, Dolores. I need to talk to you. Like, it, immediately. Jesus. Yeah, why are you pretending? First of all, I guess cell phones in those days didn't have answering machines. So secondly, if she's your assistant, she knows this. Why are you <laughs> pretending that you have an answering machine on your 90s cell phone to your fucking assistant? Like, what? It's crazy. It gets a little crazier because he says <laughs> that he had the rights to something called Dinosaur Park before Jurassic Park came out. So he kind of feels screwed over by not having produced Dinosaur Park. And this is like 1994. I think this episode came out or 93 like whatever it came out right around the time Jurassic Park came out so this was very culturally relevant I don't know if ABC was the first company that Baywatch was pitched at maybe but there was some line of like "Eh, what the hell does ABC know they passed on all in the family so then we see Garner catching some thug spray painting a rock he's doing some graffiti on a rock and he chases him down the beach on his fucking ATV Yes, he does. But here's the question. What the hell is this guy actually spraying? Because it's clear. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is it just, you know, the clear matte spray paint? Or maybe it's hairspray so it'll wash off of the rock. But there's no graffiti actually taking place. (laughs) No, there's not. And I think you're right because, I mean, they clearly can't really spray paint the rock. Otherwise, they got to clean it up. And that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but the can is definitely spraying something. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Garner doesn't like this thug guy spraying hairspray on a rock. So he chases him on the beach (laughs) and his ATV. And by the way, first of all, he's driving an ATV. This chases over in five seconds in real time. Yeah, he fails to immediately catch the guy who's on foot. And secondly, I don't know if you noticed this, his ATV has a purple accent panel. Like, everything in the fucking mid-90s was apparently purple. And while this is happening, Matt spots a boat with a smoke machine just (laughs) out in the water. Sorry, it's it's a burning boat in the world. Twenty, no, no, no. no. Twenty cigarettes were all all being smoked at the same time by people. I think you mean 20 cartons of cigarettes. But I just love, I don't know why, it's a tiny boat, right? And it's a boat fire. And apparently, instead of trying to stomp it out or just get off the boat, these people decide to just stand there waving. Yeah, very nonchalantly like, oh my gosh, help us, save us. Uh." Yes, these two people are very much in need of rescue. Matt spots this boat and he calls it in and goes into rescue, gets joined by Summer. And the producer sees all the stuff that's going on. He sees the police chase. He sees the... Matt and Summer going in the water to rescue this burning boat people. And, and he, he is orgasm. fucking ejaculating. Yes, he is. He's coming in his pants. This will be the first of many times we see this actor just coming hard on camera. <laughs> So there's a few times where there's action happening and then it cuts to close up of him just mugging ridiculously. Every time it's his close up, Mm -hmm. the weather or time of day or whatever does not match with what's happening in the rest of the scene. No, (laughs) it doesn't. They got like they filmed him late afternoon, early evening, overlit him. So the background's dark and that is the shot they use all the fucking time. 
So Stephanie arrives at her truck and she passes Garner and they have this moment where Garner's like, I could use some help here. And she's like, sorry, I'm busy. And she goes into the water too. Yeah. Sorry, I can't help you with your one invisible graffiti artist. (laughs) I've got people who are about to get fucking blown up right now. And the producer's made his way over, and he, God, he just looks like a kid who found his dad's Playboys, just so excited by all the action that's going on. So one of the boat dudes falls in the water, and who in the actual fuck goes boating in the middle of summer while wearing jeans and a long sleeve shirt? These guys. I want to point out that he jumps into the water for no reason. He was on the burning boat, so clearly he didn't want to get off, uh, or capsize the boat, in which case the fire's all out anyway, but you're literally surrounded by water dude yeah he he decides that he's going to wave from the boat and only at a random abstract time is he going to hurl himself into the water i mean what what this reminded me of is america's best home movie shows where people would send in their home movies except these weren't genuine ones these were ones where people would just hurl themselves into the water for absolutely no reason and hope that they won ten thousand (laughs) dollars That is how this guy falls into the water. Yeah, modern listeners might recognize this as the TikTok challenges. I was just about to say, yeah, before we had TikTok, there was America's Funniest Home Videos. So while this is going on, this producer is pitching a TV show to whoever's on the other side of the phone before any of this shit is resolved. He's like, hey, we're going to make a show about lifeguards. We're going to call it Rescue Bay and go and copyright that title. Jesus Christ. And also, he just pervs on some hotties that are around, particularly this one lady in a teal bikini. Put a pin in her, by the way. This is not the last time we see Hadi in a teal bikini. I feel like it's not the last time we see this exact same shot of her. Mm, yep keep that pin in there nice and tight but yeah that's part of his pitch is you know lifeguards and they're in bathing suits yeah no shit lifeguards wear bathing suits dude yeah they're not gonna be in like fucking sweaters jesus yeah what do you think they are day boaters i also want to bring up (laughs) that during this this rescue sequence there is uh, a certain shot which i absolutely love which is a lifeguard speedboat which is trailing two lifeguards on surfboards it's a wave runner, not a speedboat now. Wave Come runner, on. sorry. And it's moving exceedingly slowly. <laughs> and every so often throughout this sequence, we get another shot of these three slowly moving water towards the incident. I have no idea why these surfboard lifeguards are there. It, it makes absolutely no sense. All it does is slow down this okay so the speedboat approaches with hoff you know standing in action pose with a fire extinguisher oh which is my world by the way oh it's a great shot but stephanie's driving the wave runner and then matt and summer are on their surfboards holding on so that they can get towed out to pull the people out of the water and the reason i emphasize that there were two people standing on the boat waving is because they saved three people Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt and Summer each rescue somebody, and then Stephanie pulls another onto the wave runner. And then when everyone's rescued and the speedboat's going away, <laughs> all three of the 
<laughs> victim survivors whatever are sitting on there john i don't know that you know this but uh if you are in danger on a burning boat the human body spontaneously does mitosis it's kind of crazy it doesn't happen a lot but that is a very accurate representation of i can absolutely accept that but where do the new clothes come from and which are not a copy of what someone else is wearing they're an entirely different outfit i mean you don't want to look exactly the same I mean, I was too focused on the fact that the two lifeguards on their surfboards who had finally slowly caught up were then just left behind by the wave chaser. I know, Stephanie (laughs) leaves them there. (laughs) Because when they're they're driving out, I had them down as they've formed lifeguard Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't lifeguard Voltron back to the beach. Stephanie's like, later, you guys catch a wave or something. I don't know. Fuck you. It's just the weirdest, dumbest thing. But yeah, I do believe that the half on a speedboat with a fire extinguisher is uh, a great card for Cards Against Humanity. (laughs) That is David Bowie flying in on lightning. Well, if we're making up Cards Against Humanity cards, we've got to add how Gardner catches this perp. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking God, this is nuts. Yeah, so the, the, the guy is like about to run up some stairs and get off the beach. Garner goes up to some kid is like hey I need to borrow your kite kids just like doesn't question this just gives him the kite I know no kid who's when the guy's running away like he cuts through a single line of people that Garner for some reason can't just drive around so he gets off to take control of a kid's kite he first takes off his sunglasses and then very slowly and politely asks the kid the guy is gone at this point this guy is escaped he's but very quietly and politely he's out of the shot and so it's like freeze tag (laughs) exactly You can only move when the camera's on you. (laughs) So he then takes this kid's, after asking very politely, he takes this kid's kite and through the power of, I don't know, seeing the kite and because he can control the wind, I guess, as well, the kite literally launches itself down nearby where the criminal is. The string touches his arm and he gets hurled and upended onto his back. Oh, and you get a big shot of his underwear as well, like as he does his flip. Yeah. Garner, now this is one of those kites where there's a couple handles and you can actually cause them to do dives and loops and tricks and stuff like that. Apparently Garner is very proficient and dive bombs the thing in front of the perp so it scares him and he does a little, you know, front roll in the sand. Oh, yeah, man. I just had a, it lightly taps him. <laughs> it doesn't even <laughs> tap him. Like when he's doing his dive roll, I think his foot hits the string. It is absurd. It is beautifully, beautifully absurd. As I said, I can't believe this is happening. In this. <laughs> so yeah, tripping up criminals with dive bombing kites. There's your card. <laughs> We're rewarded with another ejaculation. Oh my god. Yeah, because here's the thing. We cut away from the guy. We cut back to the thug, and somehow this kite has wrapped itself around his ankles, which we did not see. (laughs) Yeah, just cutting back to this producer doing his random ejaculation faces. They are my everything. They are just fucking incredible. We also at some point see Mitch putting out the fire with the fire extinguisher with one hand. Back on the beach, Stephanie's back. The producer tells Garner and Stephanie that the scene we just watched was really good yeah <laughs> the show just tried to jack itself in off. case you thought it sucked audience no it was a good scene 
he's complimenting them, like Nick said, as it being a good scene because he tells Gardner how well his chase complimented the action on the water as if that's the reason that he catches criminals. And this is also the writer patting himself on the back. This is the writer <laughs> jerking himself off with an audience. There was absolutely cum on everybody's scripts when they got them for this episode. And so he wants to talk to Stephanie, but she's really annoyed by him and guesses that he's in the film industry and he wants to do a ride along. And she's like, no. Yep. She's trying to dismiss him at every possible opportunity. He's like, oh, come on. Who I got to talk to? She's like, I don't know. Whatever. The chief, fuck it. And drives off. Hey, if you want somebody to go away, don't point them in the direction that's going to keep them around. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is spur of the moment. She's got reports to file and. I mean, she's already told him no multiple times at this point within, you know, four seconds. I mean, we know that Jeff Altman doesn't know the meaning of the word no. Clearly. (laughs) Oh, allegedly. And we get him more, you know, perving more over hotties for some reason. This is apparently important to the plot. And he's like, a show about lifeguards. I can't believe nobody ever thought of this before. Oh my god. So cut to another day, and the producer is riding on the back of a lifeguard truck in a safari outfit with Matt. (laughs) And Mitch is super pissed that he's around. He's like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Wait, first of all, how does Mitch know who he is? (laughs) I've told you, there's a history there. (laughs) This guy just shows up, you know, roughly once a season to come troll Hasselhoff. (laughs) but by the way i am simultaneously amazed and pissed off at hoff's denim cutoff it's now a vest not sure (laughs) if it was a jacket or a shirt first but if you're gonna do that you gotta have you know like a really shitty iron on of a punk band patch on the back or something man You can't just have it be plain denim. But yeah, Mitch um, says in this exchange that when he finds out that there's a producer going on a ride along, he says, I don't believe this. Now, of all the shit that you've been through from literal <laughs> golden boots and basketball crime stopping, this, a ride along with a producer, this is what you don't believe. <laughs> Oh, God, Jules, that is oh, <laughs> such a perfect observation. Everyone's got their so tipping true. point, man. This was the final straw. Apparently. <laughs> Sleazy TV producers is where Hoff draws the line here. <laughs> oh, clearly. I don't think I've ever seen him take as firm of a stand on this show as he does against this guy. <laughs> But it's been an indeterminate amount of time between this and the previous scene. But now Stephanie's keen on it. She sheepishly apologizes that it was her fault to telling him to see the chief. That's how he got the ride along. But now she's excited about a TV show for him. And they might even let us play ourselves. Yeah, they want to film like the the re- the boat rescue from earlier. They want to put it in the pilot and even have some of them play themselves. My note here is, hey, doesn't the county need you to, I don't know, 
rescue people as opposed to going off and becoming TV actors. They get days off. Apparently not around this time. They're they're all very much on duty. Yeah, but all of the main characters that we know are just hanging around for this filming to take place. So clearly they have an abundance <laughs> of lifeguards to fill the other posts, or so I would hope. Uh, one would hope. And Mitch doesn't believe that any of them are going to get cast. He's like, look, these Hollywood types will say anything to get a deal. And Stephanie wants to play the part because she played Medea in college. And how? Because Tyler Perry wasn't oh a thing God. yet. Oh, my God. Different Medea name. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I think there's a bunch of people that may not actually realize that. Uh, Medea's a character from ancient Greece, like some of the oldest plays in existence. It's supposed to be a sign of just how artistic and qualified Stephanie actually is. She also mentions that she was in, played her in college, so, you know. Don't worry, that'll get repeated later. We are not done with Medea references. So, Mitch doesn't want to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, coming from Hasselhoff? I know! This is the level of Michael Jordan in Space Jam saying, all right, let's just go play and have fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote here, take your fourth wall, shove it up your ass, pull it out your mouth, and then shove it up your ass again. <laughs> Oh, uh, so the producer asks Matt during the ride-along if men or women make better lifeguards. And Matt is just like, look, men are better at every aspect of the job. Give zero reasons. Like, it's an a priori fact. Men are just better. Oh, but then when he gets into the cabin of the truck and asks Summer, I don't know how, like, they, I guess they stopped and let him get in or, like, he got out yeah, at some point. Who the fuck knows? absolutely plays... Like, he keeps getting in and out. It's supposed to feel like he had a conversation with Matt and he had a conversation with Summer, but he keeps telling them what the other one said in the previous cut, so clearly he's getting in and out of the truck. <laughs> yep. And then when he asks Summer who makes better lifeguards, men or women, she says women. It actually gives reasons. She's like, look, women have better instincts and can solve problems before they happen. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's at least a reason she gives. It's not just, well, a men or like women, duh. Which was weird because she was struggling to understand what the words in the study pamphlet were back when they were going through training. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like so much about this is this, um, this casual moment of misogyny. You would think in a in a usual TV show that it would be referred back to and that Matt might learn a lesson about how valuable women are and, you know, there might be some sort of an arc or reference to it. After this, it's never referred to again and they just spend the rest of the episode just watching shit that's being filmed. Yes, they become the audience in the fucking show. They just watch the rest of the episode from the sidelines. One moment, I'm sorry. You're looking for a deconstruction of... A Objective sexism in Baywatch. <laughs> a hint at something. Just give me a little something. Just a little glimpse that, you know, they're even aware of what was being discussed. I mean, that's all I I don't I don't expect, you know, feminist gold, but I expect just a little hint of, you know, maybe 
this is something that we could actually explore as opposed to just have Matt be misogynistic and that's just it, you know, aside from getting the cold shoulder from his girlfriend. Look, Matt has grown a lot since the last episode that we covered, but a character can only grow so much, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, despite this casual misogyny, he, he is less unbearable than he was when we first met him. Yeah, a good part of it was his parents moved back to France and him electing to stay means that his dad cut him off from the family completely so they're not supporting his lifestyle he's not going to get any inheritance his dad even had matt's motorcycle repoed because well i paid for it not you wow what an <laughs> so, asshole yeah well he's asshole, french but matt had to kind of learn to <laughs> grow up hey he's part french his mom's french yeah no the dad is american yeah the interrogation of Matt and Summer continues because the producer asks Matt, hey, is it difficult to work with Summer considering that you both are dating? And he's like, nah. But when he asks Summer, she's like, yeah, it could be a little tricky. And the producer stirs some shit up by telling her that Matt said that men are better lifeguards and by telling him that she said that it's difficult to work together because they're dating. Yeah, again, I want to see where he's getting in and out of the truck. <laughs> I like to imagine like it's like the car just keeps driving and the windows open on the passenger side door and he's just like climbing in and out while the truck moves. Maybe it's one of those trucks where the back window like can kind of slide open and he dives in that way. (laughs) Either or. So they arrive at the beach and he says, hey, like, don't let me get in your way. And they just completely ignore him and walk (laughs) off, which is great. And then... Cue the greatest montage of all fucking time. This might rival the Team America We Need a Montage montage. I believe you're referring to him perving out, looking around at the beach, and then also pretending that he's mad? Yes! He's perving. Like, and this is like one of those ones where like they definitely filmed him at a different location, a different cut time of day. Yeah, this is one of the close-ups is... I was talking about where they keep cutting back to him. Yeah, he's just making faces. He's perving out over the people on the beach. We see Teal Bikini Lady again in probably the same shot. It looks like the same we This is like to foe some 41 music right yeah what is this music choice <laughs> and here's the thing guys they he's they cut back to him making the faces and he's clearly perfect but they cut back to him making the faces after matt runs into the water yes i think this dude is bisexual <laughs> <laughs> i think he's <laughs> omni if if it he's moves om- this guy gets off on it <laughs> I mean, he goes, he goes back and way. forth between scrunchy face, nodding and ejaculation again, and then they just seem to repeat it on a loop. I'm pretty sure they recreated, they duplicated like three or four because they needed extra cuts to show what was going on. I have seen this episode literally a baker's dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> there are differences. Okay. They, they reuse John- footage of, you know... Teal bikini lady, but for some reason they wasted way too much film on this guy's expressions. If they don't repeat it, it's so interchangeable that they might as well have. So either way. Oh, it's absolutely interchangeable. 
But to keep things rolling, he witnesses Matt run and do a rescue, and then it's his pale, doughy body running into the wave to do a rescue, and it keeps cutting back and forth between Matt rescuing someone who's clearly, you know, been through something and is very weak or unconscious, and then he's making the rescue with a smiling woman in his arms, and extra women are hanging on him because of how awesome he is, and still wearing the fisherman's hat? Yeah, still wearing the hat. I yes, was going to uh, say, apparently he thinks that his <laughs> fantasy is hat goes with him yeah he's really into this hat that he's wearing this shitty fucking safari hat <laughs> god damn <it>. <laughs> <sighs> oh this is the greatest show in existence. So fucking... Oh, this was amazing. Yeah, They just told him to make faces, and they did not tell him what he was reacting to. That is, that is my guess. Agree. They're just like, hey, hey, Jeff, just like, just pull some faces, man. Like, we're gonna... We'll figure it out. You're looking at something you like. This will make sense You're looking at something you really like. You're looking at something you like. You're looking at something you really like. That, that was probably the direct... You're directing. looking at Matt Brody's ass. <laughs> So now the producer dude is talking to Stephanie about wanting to add some some human drama into Rescue Bay, you know, because people aren't just going to tune in for the action. They want to like the people they're watching and share their lives. Uh, newsflash for you, no, that is not why we watch Baywatch. <laughs> exactly. No. We watch it because it's ridiculously stupid and way too much fun. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it says it won't work without stories, but this show has worked without a story for I don't know how many seasons, so it, it's just not true in any way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my note literally is the quote as well, good stories about interesting people, and then in all caps with many exclamation points, categorically untrue. <laughs> God, I have seen porn with more coherent plots than this fucking show. <laughs> oh, we get to the porn intro a little bit later. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, we, we are getting there. We are getting there. So yeah, you know, asks, so because, you know, everyone tunes in for the story, no, they don't, uh, ask <laughs> Stephanie to share a personal story and she just very willingly blabs out about like her relationship with Mitch and seeing him while she was separated from her ex-husband. Well, her story is fantastic. Her story is Mitch and I dated and then we split up. I mean, that is an epic tale right there. And then I came back here to work and I had seniority over him. So it was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little awkward in the she workplace. Even asked, she and... says, I'm sorry, is this boring? And I'm, I'm just like, yes, yes, this is incredibly boring. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently the producer doesn't think it's boring because he pulls out a tape recorder and starts fucking taping what she's saying. I mean, he, he has this tape recorder for notes. He's, he's like periodically taking voice memos throughout the episode. But yeah, he pulls out his tape recorder and starts recording what she's saying because he thinks it's interesting. Okay. I want to add an addendum to my theory that he's playing the same character. The character must be a trickster god of some sort who's able to manipulate <laughs> memories because Stephanie seems smitten with this guy and does not recall that he's the exact same person that she warned CJ not to date last time we saw him. <laughs> he's like Loki, but not the Marvel Loki. He's like the actual <laughs> Loki from Norse mythology. How dare you? <laughs> Any Loki is way cooler than this even when Atreus was pulling his little prissy bitch fit <laughs> for no reason in the middle of the game but we do get to uh, the name of Mitch's character in his show which which is definitely worth a mention <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, so the producer's now talking to Mitch, because the producer, I think, is like in almost every single scene in this episode. So he's now at, you know talking to Mitch, who's like prepping a truck, and he wants him to play himself. And we learn that it's not going to be a pilot. It's going to be a, a presentation. And he wants him to play the, the character based off of him. And Jules, since you are so very, very excited, would you like to share with our dear listeners the name of this fucking character? I would, and I'm not sure this will work without porn music playing in the back background but it's mike tower <laughs> that's my porn name baywatch how did you steal it <laughs> yeah he wants him to play mike tower <laughs> and he tells again kind of like back to him being bi slash omnisexual he tells him that look you've got the hair the sex appeal the hair oh don't forget the eyes <laughs> yeah jeff altman is very very into david hasselhoff yep he lists allegedly. all of uh, hasselhoff's best qualities because he hasn't heard him sing obviously <laughs> yet he's like look trust me you could do this and mitch is like hey in my world, trust has to be earned. And the producer really likes this. Let's he pulls out his tape recorder again. He says, hey, can you just say that again real quick? I need to, I need to have that in my we tape have, We have our next Hoff t-shirt. He, yeah, he's incapable <laughs> of remembering. Oh, it's such a simple phrase. God. What the hell? We have our next Hoff t-shirt. Trust yeah. has got to be earned. <laughs> it's like a lesson for a two-year-old. Oh, he'll be pointing at you again, but it's from the end of his music video for his cover of Hooked on a Feeling. <gasps> That exists. Oh my God. It's crazier than this episode. It's three and a half minutes long. And the first time I saw it, I had to take a break in the middle because of all the sheer insanity. I need to take a break and go watch that. So <laughs> we're going to pause here. But when we come back, we are going to finish off the second half of this delightful, delightful episode. Don't go anywhere. All right, scumbag, you were spraying graffiti on that park bench, and now I'm going to stop you from running away. Hey, kid, let me borrow that. Wait, that's my scooter. Dude, I need that. Ah, fuck my head. Ah, is that blood? That's right. I stopped you with my brilliant police skills. You crazy son of a bitch. Why did you throw that at me? Because vandalism is a crime, and crime doesn't pay. What crime? I was spraying varnish on that bench so the wood wouldn't rot away. Oh yeah? Then why'd you run away? Because you were driving at me full speed with an ATV while brandishing your gun? Ah. Oh. My bad? Yeah. You're bad. I'm suing you and the county. See you in court, jackass. Ah, we need stitches. So... You gonna pay for my scooter that you just broke on that guy's head, or... Hey, shut the hell up, kid. Nothing about drugs makes sense. Nothing about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Best ending. And we're back, and uh, it's now time to cast the show. And Matt and Summer are wondering who's who's going to play them. And apparently, the producers already found some soap opera stars to play them, and they've got network deals. Damn right, they got network, network deals. deals. Scoff. <laughs> That's that. That is that reaction. <laughs> Because I was too lazy to Google this. What the fuck is a network deal and why is it such a big thing? Well, you see, Nick, it's a deal with a network. 
But was there like a studio system for TV stars still in the 90s? Like for anyone who doesn't know, back in the day, actors didn't work per project. They would have a deal with the studio and they for X number of movies that they had to act in. It was called the studio system and it got broken up eventually. Now we have the system we have today. Was that still happening in television? Okay, I imagine so. To be serious, I did try and look this up and it was incredibly hard to find anything i couldn't find anything that described really what it was or what its impact would be the few things that were very tangentially relevant was how like especially up-and-coming comedians at big comedy festivals are not being offered network deals anymore that's the best i was able to find okay so again it's a deal with a network (laughs) Okay, well, that's about as good as we're going to get. I guess we'll have to accept that. Stephanie's looking down at the the auditioning table from up at Baywatch headquarters, and Garner comes up to ask her about auditioning and also notices that all the actresses that are auditioning for Stephanie's character are blonde. Yep, puts a little seed of doubt in her mind, and scummy producers shows up, and so she bothers to ask him, and it's, well, well you see, the they just figured your character would be fine as a blonde, but don't worry, don't worry, you're a shoe, and we can dye your hair, it's not going to be a problem. We'll dye you blonde, and just go out there and be yourself. <laughs> should that have been the name of this, the title I should have used, is Brunette Lifeguards Can't Act? Well, we eh. will later <laughs> learn that she can't act. Uh, She played Medea in college, Okay. <laughs> So then Skeevy producer turns his attention to Gardner and tells him that he's already got someone lined up to play him and he's more you than you. And at first I thought this was going to be, does this guy think all black people look alike? No, no, no. It's even better than that. It is It is better than that. Pin in that. But Garner's like speculating as to who might be playing. He's like, oh, you know, Wesley Snipes, uh, who's a movie star at this point and would not be doing TV shows. And Stephanie's like, more like Sherman Hemsley. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know who Sherman Hemsley is, he's in All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Yeah, it's George Jefferson. Garner gets offended by this and walks off. Yeah, but he, he understands it's a bit of ribbing. He's, you know, he's not pissy about it. Just like, come on, let me have my Wesley Snipes. Fantasy. And so the producer tells Stephanie that Mitch's character is going first. Going first for what? Like like for auditions? Like this this was a very like weirdly worded. Yeah, I think that's what he means. That they're going to be casting okay. Mitch's character first. So cue the casting montage, because again, this show is terminally addicted to fucking montages. And slow-mo. Sometimes at the same time, because now we're watching all these like blonde actresses sucking at lifeguard stuff, but looking hot. <laughs> yeah, they're running through the water with one of the lifeguard buoys. Like they're just having a fun day at the beach. I swear there's one shot where the lady is fumbling with the rope and stuff so bad she had to have fallen and they just cut that part before it happened. (laughs) It had to have tangled her up like it was kite stream. We're intercutting this with Stephanie actually lifeguarding really well and she's super serious because she's not in a hot bikini or one piece. She's in like a no-nonsense speedo one piece and she's got her hair tied back only for her audition never when she's actually working. (laughs) 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 Yeah, my note is everyone is having fun but Stephanie who also is unable to pose. Yeah, she does not know how to pose because they're posing shots. We're like intercutting to like reaction shots of Matt and some are like, ah, this is stupid and the casting agents who are kind of like looking at each other nodding writing stuff down it's just 
<laughs> this is how Baywatch montages. It's action cut to reaction. Yeah, uh, she looks very serious, as as you said during those running montages. My instant thought was flashing back to the pool where she tried to drown Matt, and I was thinking maybe she drowned a teenager. <laughs> she wouldn't be this angry right now. <laughs> That's how she lets off steam. That's how she needs to let off the steam. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you guys let off steam, but I you I, know. I let off steam with Ted Raimi books on LP. <laughs> Erogenous <laughs> <laughs> of the 90s. Go listen to our previous Baywatch episode, listener. You'll, you'll get that. And then the, the montage ends with the producer seeing a hottie and literally falling forward from horniness. <laughs> Yeah, during the intercuts, it's actually him and Garner checking ladies out as they walk by. And then another hot one walks by and he does that cartoon swoon and fame. I mean, at one point during the montage, I made a note that I would have forgiven this show so much if it had just cut to those two lifeguards we saw earlier on surfboards just swimming their way back to the beach. Like, what the fuck? You left us out there for hours. (laughs) Those two lifeguards on the surfboard were Matt and Summer and they're already on the beach. So sorry. I understand that this episode can cloud your ability for, you know, proper cognition, but you got to focus up a little better than that, man. (laughs) So back at Baywatch headquarters, Garter meets the actor that's playing him. And this moment is goddamn glorious. Sly Hutchinson or Hutchins or whatever. And it's literally just Garter, the actor who plays Garter, wearing a goddamn purple 90s shirt. Like, like that circle African hat thing, gold chains and sunglasses. And he acts like a stereotype <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, my question here is, can black people do blackface? Right. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it really did feel like he was acting like a stereotype. It was odd it wasn't even like an actor stereotype like you know being a prima donna it was a black stereotype it was weird i was just leaning towards caricature but jesus it gets worse later on but (laughs) oh yeah way worse later on and by worse you mean so much better (laughs) (laughs) yes the, the good kind of worse so the actor starts mimicking him and Garner finds this amusing because, I mean, he he knows what he's watching. He knows what this episode is. I think Garner's just, <laughs> this was just a natural reaction from the actor. Just being like, oh my God, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> okay, that's fun. Now CJ's back in a Ford convertible. That's what she drives. Like, I, I didn't know the Ford made convertibles that weren't Mustangs. But right they're doing now is that they're auditioning the victims in the water. So they're pretending to like drown or whatever and she doesn't realize that they're filming a tv presentation so she yells victims in the water grabs a boy off a truck and runs in yeah as previously mentioned our previous episode cj is a total fucking pro she is is. on it but i really have to question why she's driving down the pedestrian walkway (laughs) (laughs) she's only a professional on the beach when you get off the beach it gets a little screwy maybe she was sent to run down any imaginary graffiti artists traffic can get pretty bad random side question are she and stephanie still roommates at this point or did that get reset it's never been made clear and i don't remember exactly how the timeline fits but there was a period of time where matt moved in with them as well okay so possibly still remain. <laughs> but the important thing is that CJ gets the role through the power of bouncing boobs. Yes, she does. The casting agents see her and they're like, we want to know who that is. Yep. 
blonde, hot, and, you know, competent at the job. So now we watch, oh my god, this is ridiculous, which I was saying a lot watching this episode, <laughs> but the particular ridiculousness that I am referring to is we're watching Stephanie doing tricep dips in a leotard with a motherfucking belt. What the goddamn fuck is this outfit? This is the most 90s workout attire ever. Leggings, a unitard, and an absolutely no reason to be there. Amazingly wide belt. Just, oh my <laughs> fucking god. Re-fucking-diculous. And so CJ comes in. She's in jean shorts and a long sleeve crop top and immediately gets onto the stepper and starts working out really hard. By the way, working out really hard on the Stairmaster actually just looks like bouncing slash jogging in place. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and Stephanie's like really excited about possibly being in this TV show. She starts waxing poetic about Catherine Hepburn and Sophia Loren. And now we learn why CJ's working out and not bothering to change because she got cast in the show and she needs to firm up or like tone up or whatever. And Stephanie then, like, reads her script and finds out that the character she's playing is her character. Like, the one that's based off her. She's like, what the fuck? Like, you can't be more me than me. What the I, fuck? I, it's, it's where we get one of my favorite lines in this episode, which is, I'm a more perfect me than you are. Which is, it's like one of those <laughs> inspirational songs that five-year-olds listen to you. I'm a more perfect me than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I absolutely love this exchange, too, because... It starts with Stephanie talking to CJ. They just cast you because of your looks. It just happens. I can act. I played Medea in high school. Yeah, well, I played <laughs> Medea in college. <laughs> My God. Mine is bigger than yours. And the, it just so happens I can act is the worst line delivery in this entire episode. I know. I mean, I just love to think that this is what Pamela Anderson has to say before every audition. <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah, she's good enough sure. that cj's a total fucking pro i'll give her that she's good at the the lifeguarding stuff but like yeah my, my note here to when she says that she just so happens that she could act is that's a bold fucking statement <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold fucking statement we've seen you saxophone to a river <laughs> we've seen you find ted Raimi sexy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so cj fine says like look i don't want to fight about this and stephanie's like all right well what should we do and what they should do is uh they're gonna show up to mitch's place and to act out the scene with him they basically forced their way into hoff's house and they went directly there stephanie's still in her belted leotard <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. What the fuck? And Hoff really doesn't want to get involved in this because they're like, you know, who's going to be better to play this character? He looks at the script and he's like, this is us. He really doesn't want to. But then they talk him into joining their little like porno audition. <laughs> this is literally what it is. This is a por porno scenario without the actual sex happening at the end. This is exactly what this scene is. Hey, when you're the executive producer, you can absolutely get your main actors to make out with you that is one of the perks of being the executive producer of your own show yeah i have poor poor mitch he's so horribly put upon being forced to make out with two incredibly gorgeous women 
life's rough when you're when you're Mitch. And yeah, so when, when he points out that the scene is based off of Stephanie and himself, Stephanie justifies this by parroting the producer's line. Like, look, you know, nobody's going to want to watch Rescue Bay unless they care about the people and want to share their lives. <laughs> Again, that's not the case. And to accent that point, this script, the scene that they're trying out with Hoff is, I guess it's like supposed to be their first meeting and there's a lot of flirting. I catch you on the rebound. You caught me at half court. It's flirting through basketball language. And the last episode that this guy was in, they stopped crimes via basketball. So I mean, it kind of all ties together. <laughs> Look, when Josh from Airbud starts dating, this is how he's going to flirt. <laughs> so now they're going to act out the scene. CJ goes first and, you know, ends with a very passionate kiss. And it's so crazy because fucking Stephanie is watching them act like she's waiting for someone to hike a football at her. She's just like... <laughs> intensely watching this fucking thing go down. And then they swap and Pamela Anderson does the same fucking thing. Gets into like intense watcher position. CJ looks a little bit indignant that Stephanie got a turn in the scene that they showed up to both try out for. Yeah, she gets very pouty and shuts this down. (laughs) And my note here is because like we see Stephanie do the same scene and I wrote here, this is where Alexandra Paul shows that she's just a better actress in general. (laughs) She outacts fucking Pamela Anderson hard here. That's the difference of being being able to act in college instead of high school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. CJ's like, well, whatever. doesn't matter because she clearly sees that Stephanie's a better actress. She's like, the network wants me, so whatever. And my note here in all caps is, there's no fucking network. They're filming a presentation. I Jesus. firmly believe that CJ believes she got a network deal. <laughs> it must be. It's either that or the people who made Baywatch don't know how TV works. Which is very a very distinct possibility. <laughs> That's actually quite likely. Uh, <laughs> the resolution to this is tough shit. It doesn't matter. I already got the gig. So why did they attempt this resolution of having Hoff decide who should get the role? Well, it's a matter of personal pride. Like Stephanie just wanted to show that she deserved the role more than her. And Mitch like won't talk to the producer about recasting. And the reason he gives is CJ is perfect to play Stephanie because she knows her and knows her way around the beach fucking what that's not a reason that's not a reason he does manage to mediate slightly better than that that is literally what he says but just before (laughs) it he's like okay if they're not gonna go with you who else would be better than cj because she knows the job and she knows you well he works a little bit to diffuse the situation and i'm not sure why Clearly, they showed up to fuck him, and he's trying to get them out of the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he should have, like, I don't know. This is the 90s, so like, being scummy's more accepted. <laughs> but, yeah, he should have absolutely played off their angers and, like, started a threesome with them. Like, that's... <laughs> Should have escalated the scene. Just written three more pages. Exactly. All right. Well, now let's see who gives the better blowjob, and we'll, we'll we'll go from there. I guess he realized that he'd have to talk to HR the next day. No one wants to do that. <laughs> so yeah, Stephanie admits defeat, wishes CJ luck, the ladies leave, and then Mitch wipes his lips off from <laughs> the two makeout sessions. Yeah, it looks like he very lightly sniffs them, too. 
It was uncomfortable. Yeah, this was this was a gross moment. So the next day at Baywatch headquarters, the producer he's kind of doing that like frame hands thing. He's like panning the beach with his frame hands, kind of like. And if you thought Michael Tower was a great name, just wait oh for this god. next. Oh my god, we're about to meet you the actor ain't who plays heard nothing yet, Mike listener. Tower. Yes. Oh my god. Because they are, he's replacing Mitch, and Mitch gets upset by this. And he's found the perfect guy to play him. His name is John. <laughs> Why don't you let us know? Dolph Oppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dolph that they Oppelganger. Tried. You can tell, like, they knew a German word, a single German word, doppelganger. And they were just like, okay, we'll do that. And because it means, like, another person is identical in certain ways, it'll work. It's like metaphor. You can tell, you just feel the writer just, you know, that brain cell is going two, maybe three miles per hour at this point. (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely tried to do wordplay. And Dolph Lundgren was, you know, pretty big at the time as well. And I have this guy listed as a Fabio knockoff doing a shitty Arnold impression. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I had him down as Fabio Schwarzenegger. (laughs) I don't think his hair's quite long enough. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. That's why he was knocked out for me, but oh my god, yes. Doth Oppelganger is my world. He might as well be wearing a mankini. It's so good. (laughs) So fucking good. And you know, he tells Mitch to wait here, I'll be back. (laughs) And that was a way better Arnold impression than this guy actually said. This guy, yeah, he he does not do the Austrian accent well. Yeah, Mitch is pissed off that he got cut. He doesn't take the consolation prize of being the technical advisor on the show. He actually drops the line, this is unbelievable at one of those moments in an episode. Yes, this is. This is very unbelievable. <laughs> I read this as Hoff is just indignant that he's still involved in this goddamn thing. He, he's not <laughs> mad that he's not in the episode. He's upset that it's happening at all. Yeah, this guy I wants Hoff to, you know, have Dolph. That's weird to say, Hoff and Dolph. <laughs> um, this producer guy wants Mitch to have, you know, Dolph Oppelganger shadow him around. He's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. Leave me the fuck alone. So after a commercial break, we're now at the day of shooting. Stephanie is apparently tasked with directing a bunch of hotties with kites, like telling them which direction they need to run. Like, why is she doing stuff? I don't know, but the only reason is they needed to have her around so that she could look jealously at CJ. Yes, she looks very jealously at CJ, who's in the makeup chair. I like to think that advanced kite flying is in the syllabus for all lifeguards and security at the beach. (laughs) Rescue kiting. Well, that also explains why Stephanie's in such a foul mood, because they are advanced kite flyers, and this is clearly remedial kiting. (laughs) If this was a course you could sign up for, it would be negative 301. (laughs) (laughs) And what's so great about this upcoming sequence is that it's more true to life than what actually happened in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are almost there. So Matt and Summer, who are now just watching the episode with us from the (laughs) sidelines. 
<laughs> just intermittently cut to them watching and making smiles and you know snide remarks. Well, they're they're very unhappy with the the actors who have been cast to play them because she's too pale and he looks like a gorilla. Gorilla meaning he's way more jacked than Matt. And he's like literally <laughs> pumping dumbbells on the beach. And they're like, ah, well, you know, they got network deals. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Yeah, the guy who's like a gorilla has no lines, so he's not credited. I couldn't find the guy's real name, but the actor he's playing in the show's name is David Battle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus, with these names. That is an actual last name. I know somebody with the last name Battle, but yeah, it's still ve- the w- calling someone it's, David Battle is very. It's still yeah. beautifully over the top. But now we get yet another brilliant part of the scene where Garner and Sly have another amazing interaction. Yes, they do. Um, so first of all, as Garner's like walking up to Sly, who's in costume now because he sees him with groupies on a beach chair, he walks past the fucking Hummer that they've got to be the police car. <laughs> <laughs> and on the bottom right, very clearly in the center of the frame, is the Dare bumper sticker they put on the back. Like, this mm-hmm. show hates drugs, and they want you to know it. Nothing about it makes sense, man. <laughs> Which is evident because they were clearly on all of them when trying to make the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cannot make this show sober. You don't come up with kite tackling runaway criminal without smoking something. At least booze is involved in this. It's part of the escalation of how you know, Hollywood takes things and makes them unrealistic. Garner had his you know little four wheeler, and now it's a goddamn Humvee. <laughs> He's got a gun on his hip that would make Dirty Harry jealous. You know. It's oh just... God, this is a yeah. He's got a forty four Magnum, but even with with like the oversized gun and he's still wearing a bit of jewelry the dude is such a good actor even though they're wearing the same costume you are able to tell just from like his body language and his speech when he's playing Gardner and when he's playing Sly yes. it's an astonishingly good job and way better than Baywatch deserves he's a great actor he's one of the best parts of the show for sure but he plays a stereotype for no reason I, I still don't get oh, that oh he does the guy's like look if he played Gardner like Gardner nobody would watch the show <laughs> Yeah, because he's saying how much more interesting he is than him, and da 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 da. Garner watches him with his girlfriend, with Sly's girlfriend, and then when Sly walks away, he goes over and hits on her. Yeah, because like she like comes up to him and like he's like, "Hang on, wait, I'm not." And then he's like, "You know what? Fuck it." He starts pretending to be Sly. He full on and makes him pretending to be Sly is amazing, by the way. Yeah, again, it's almost like it's a third character. You know, it's when you would have something like Bugs Bunny pretending to be Daffy Duck, <laughs> but it's still very much obviously Bugs Bunny at the same time. It's beautiful, and she buys it. And then Sly sees this and goes over to assault a police officer. <laughs> yes, I want to yes. bring up as well. Is this Sly's girlfriend? Apparently. So. Or just a groupie that he's fucking. Who knows? So being rude to you is, you think, a good reason to just full on make out with someone else's girlfriend. Yes. I am all for revenge making out. (laughs) 
It is my official decision that this is how, fine. How strong a character and relatable it is. Hey, don't get mad. Get even. <laughs> exactly. Don't get mad. Steal your enemy's girlfriend. Up. Success. <laughs> it's the greatest form of revenge. <laughs> it's called establishing dominance. Yeah. So Sly comes, like I mentioned, uh, Sly tries to reassert his dominance by punching Garner in the face, but Garner catches his fist, squeezes it into submission, and basically tells him to fuck off, you little bitch. I love how when they do the punch catch move, the other person just refuses to swing their other arm or do literally anything else except crumple to the ground. It's only in movies when the when the punch is catched does that happen. They don't withdraw it and punch them again or swing or anything else. They just decide, oh, that means I must fall slowly to the ground. You can't withdraw it. It's been caught. That's the power <laughs> of the punch catcher, man. That's how <laughs> strong that grip is. You are paralyzed in awe of their might. <laughs> I don't know what show you guys watch, because in my show, uh, Garner took out his gun after this guy (laughs) took a swing at him and just filled him full of fucking holes. That was a really weird ending. Yeah, I I, I didn't see it. Yeah, like he turned his turned his body cam off, (laughs) (laughs) emptied a clip in this dude and then was put on administrative leave while the the department sorted this out. So anyways, yeah, he smooches Sly's girlfriend's hand in triumph and walks off. Oh, she's impressed by this. Very impressed. We are not done with her. And now it's time to film the scene. And this time they have a fake rock that's actually covered in graffiti. (laughs) Exactly. And there's actually fire on the boat. Yes, there's actually fire on the boat. And they didn't have the two stupid toad surfboards on the side of the wave chaser. This is actually a more realistic scene than what we saw at the beginning of this episode. And also, there's even more kites. So many kites. But they're not used to stop the crime anymore. Well, dude, spoilers. Between kite attacks and high school drama, man, you are really jumping the gun this episode. I learned from our pervy producer I'm just prematurely ejaculating all the time. <laughs> there is something unrealistic in this scene because there are personalized uh-huh. director's chairs on the beach for CJ and the producer and all those. And for a two-day presentation shoot, you don't get your own personalized fucking director's yeah, chair. That's no not shit. they're not gonna spring for that. They're gonna rent some generic ones and they're gonna send them back to the, the rental house. Okay. Jesus. Again, this TV show doesn't know how to TV. <laughs> so the action goes on and as Jules was saying looks way more real than the original and Matt says what is this and I'm convinced that David Charvet was not given lines here this was just him spontaneously <laughs> reacting <laughs> Like he was invited on set oh and he God. just he was given no script and that was legitimately him going up to the camera. <laughs> yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And so I was like, look, it's a Hollywood portrayal of lifeguards. I take it as he was not told in advance how quote unquote Gardner deals with the graffiti artist. Oh my God. And it was his reaction to that specifically that caused the what is Oh, this is fucking amazing because, okay, yeah. <laughs> the best part of like the fake thing they filmed is fake Gardner. There's two goons now and they're white instead of the, the one guy who was black. They made them. Okay, but they're dressed like cholos. <laughs> yes, they're fucking dressed like cholos. Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> My note here 
here is literally greatest karate fight ever versus the whitest cholos ever. <laughs> he full on pulls a Goku before his final two punch. It's really great. He just he was two steps away from going Super Saiyan. This will later in episode get referred to as the most fabulous action sequence in the history of television. <laughs> I think well, hang on, we'll get there. I have, I have thoughts on that. So, Gar, yeah, he cuts them off at his Hubbard. He gets out, pulls out his gun, and is just like, nah, I'm not going to need this. Puts his fucking loaded gun on a dashboard, <laughs> takes off his sunglasses, also puts them on the dash, and then does his fucking karate scene. And it is the dumbest. This is five-year-old doing karate, where he just puts his hands up and, oh, uh, the actor who played Gar- he had so much fun with this moment. oh he had a great he, fucking time man. this was yeah. his best day on Baywatch was him doing this shitty karate like this over the top karate he just had so much fun with it and then he face bombs the two white cholos and they do simultaneous <laughs> backflips <laughs> And Mitch's reaction to this is, this is a joke. And my note here is, okay, this episode has reached peak (laughs) (laughs) self-awareness. Oh, that's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) They planted a flagpole on that peak and proceeded to scale the flagpole. (laughs) (laughs) And the beach hotties with the the kites then just proceed to tie up the white cholos in their kites and strings and shit. The mob of kite-wielding extras descends upon the white cholos (laughs) and, like, mummifies them? Yeah, just wraps them up. Because this isn't the awesome kite that you do tricks with anymore. These are the ones with the long streamers on it. And there's one that literally has a winged pig. Amazing. What is this mini lifeguard boat? One of the boats they use to, for this fake scene for the show is like a mini speedboat <laughs> that is not typical for a lifeguard boat. Dude, I don't know, but they try and recreate with Dolph the image of Hoff riding the side of the boat with the yes. fire extinguisher, but Dolph doesn't have a fire extinguisher. No. Exactly. And then the other group, there are two wave runners with two lifeguards each, and it looks like anal sex is happening. <laughs> CJ is driving one with the gorilla that plays Matt and he is almost thrusting into her back and on the other jet ski it's the roles are reversed where the guy's driving and the girl still looks like she's about to hump the shit out of him I mean what else are you supposed to do on the ride over and get bored <laughs> yeah so Dolph Oppelganger dives into the water <laughs> no he does not dive. He gingerly hops in as though he's never been in water before. <laughs> I am surprised he didn't plug his nose. I mean, when you've got hair that fabulous, you don't want to ruin it. It's a whole thing. <laughs> and so now they're going to set off the explosion for the boat, but they didn't do the explosion calculations correctly. So they set off a teeny tiny boat explosion that was apparently so big it knocked out Dolph Oppelganger and Pamela Anderson. My note is literally Dolph and CJ get hit by gently tossed debris. Yes, they do. <laughs> that was what I noted. <laughs> it's the gentle wooden boards land close by them. <laughs> And apparently that is a serious situation. Oh my God. So this gives us a look at the new underwater look. I 
can't remember exactly when Baywatch started doing this, but they didn't used to. It was sometime in this season where it's the stereotypical near-death experience drowning look where everything's super dark and you have the light beam streaming in. They have gone on to use this for every underwater shot that's not involving scuba divers. Yeah, because they're probably just filming it in the same pool on the back lot. Oh, obviously. But the point is, like, here it's serious and kind of plays with that mood, but they do it if they're just swimming underwater. It's this super traumatized hiding the fact we're in a goddamn pool. I mean, the Baywatch lifeguards have always had their eyes open underwater in the ocean before anyway, so it's always been fake as shit. This sets off an actual rescue because, you know, these two people got knocked out by lightly tossed cardboard. And the producer says, keep (laughs) filming because, like, this is going to be amazing footage. So Mitch and Stephanie go out. Mitch dives down and saves Dolph Oppelganger. And Stephanie dives down. I just love that you use his full name every time. I just... It's you have to like when your name is Dolph Hoppelganger, you don't just go by Dolph. (laughs) Stephanie dives down to save CJ. Two things about CJ in this underwater shot. One, her eyes are fluttering like she does not have her her eyes totally closed. And two, uh, apparently isn't unconscious enough to like kick when Stephanie (laughs) rescues her. She like helps her rescue her like by kicking. No, don't worry. She she wakes up as soon as she hits the surface. Uh, No, I've got this one. All right. When (laughs) CJ grabbed her, the kicking, it was an automatic nervous system response to having her 90s erogenous zones reactivated. (laughs) Of course. Uh, (laughs) Which is why when she comes up to the surface, as Jules mentioned, regains full consciousness, she's more of just taking deep gasps and brushing her hair out of her face. (laughs) (laughs) So back on the beach, Mitch is pissed that the producer kept the cameras rolling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is where he's like, you expect me to miss out on the most fabulous action sequence in the history of television. <laughs> Again, the writer of this episode was really into his own shit. But yeah, so Gardner has to hold Mitch back from like trying to knock him the fuck out and tells him to get off this beach or he'll be filming the most fabulous broken nose in the history of television. We're back to the beautiful world of threatening violence is the only solution to any problem you have i mean he's a man in the 90s (laughs) so producer calls rap and then snorts he does a little snort so now we're we're at the final scene and we're back at baywatch hq everyone's in their civilian clothes and mitch has the tape of the presentation and they're gonna watch it because apparently it's all better now and he, he has absolutely no resentment that he's been showing throughout this entire episode so what the fuck's yeah, going seriously. on seriously <laughs> well i think it's because he uh, knows it's a watch party what happened where this presentation went oh so you're <laughs> saying he previewed the tape i mean he probably did uh, so Gardner shows up with the groupie he kissed because she uh, she prefers the real thing. Mm-hmm. Baby's got it going on, as, he, <laughs> as she says. Which is weird. I couldn't find which episode, but I distinctly remember from something previously <laughs> that Gardner had a family. Hey, maybe it's an open marriage, you know? So CJ's very yeah, like fine. nervous to watch. He's like, oh, I can't watch this. And don't worry, it's not the tape of you and Tommy Lee. Just chill out. Hey. <laughs> and so we watched this this tape which is discount baywatch 
And somehow the film quality is better than the regular Baywatch. <laughs> it's like clear, better resolution, very few artifacts. Like, how how is it better quality than the fucking show we're watching? It's so crazy. Because this is the polished, unrealistic <laughs> Hollywood version of lifeguards lifeguarding. But yeah, it's very much a bad recreation of the Baywatch oh, intro it's fucking glorious. And it's crazy because the character in the show a lot of them are the same as the act as the people they were playing so like like you said david battle as matt brody or sly hutchinson as garner something like that's a legal nightmare this is how you know he's a terrible producer because that's a legal fucking nightmare unless you get them to hand their life rights over <laughs> which they did we have not seen or heard ref made reference to also, weird note, way, way back when there was the whole who's going to play Stephanie, CJ's role was Sheila. And now in the credits, she is playing Stephanie. <laughs> it's CJ Parker as Lieutenant Stephanie Holden. This show, oh my God, this show that. assumes that you are not paying attention. I don't think the show is paying attention to itself. Well, it pegged me damn wrong then because I eat this shit up. Oh, God, yes. So Hoff and Gardner are the only ones who have... No, CJ too. They have appropriate reactions because Hoff and Gardner are making fun of their counterparts on screen. Like when you see Dolph Appleganger, Hoff's doing like the bodybuilder pose and I'll be back sort of thing. <laughs> Gardner's just having a fucking laugh because it shows a bit of the karate scene. CJ is worried and embarrassed and everyone's like, oh no, you're good. When it gets to Matt and Summer though, they seem embarrassed as if they were the people in the pitch kind of yeah and everyone reassures them that it's fine like they should be there just laughing at it the same as hoff and garner are <laughs> i mean it's what they've been doing ever since that's true they did have to do something different in the episode good point jules <laughs> And so it ends after like a, a minute or two and everyone wants to know why the tape is so, so short and Mitch has to remind them that this was just a presentation, not a pilot. And the network passed on it. The, the show was not getting picked up because apparently they didn't think anybody would want to watch a show about lifeguards. But don't worry, they're going to distribute it to other countries and in syndication, which means it did get picked up. <laughs> yeah, that's not how syndication works. You have to have a show in the first place for it to go into syndication. Exactly. And that would it would mean that they would be producing the show. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, I don't think the audience really knew it so much at the time, but this is a reference to the beginnings of Baywatch. They made a first season and then got canceled. Then it went into syndication, but none of the characters know because they ask what syndication is. And someone replies, you know, like Knight Rider. So Knight Rider exists within the Baywatch universe. <laughs> yes, Knight Rider exists. David Hasselhoff exists in the same world as Mitch Buchanan. I'm thinking of a last action hero type scenario where someone introduces an Arnold Schwarzenegger in trying to convince an Arnold Schwarzenegger character that he's in the movie. He takes him to a video store and shows him Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but within this world, it's played by Sly Stallone. <laughs> so in this universe, who plays Michael Knight? Fuck, I don't know. Dolph Oppelganger. <laughs> Dolph Oppelganger. And so we end on a pinhole shot of the producer who can't believe somebody thought about Baywatch before God, him. What womp, is this womp. Porky Pig moment shit at the end? I, I, they really thought this guy was funny. That's what really hurts. They actually thought this guy was funny. Oh, I know. And he's going to apparently come back to troll the beaches four more times. 
times. And that was Baywatch Season 4, Rescue Bay. Uh, But before we go as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral. So Jules, what did you learn today? Oh, that Hollywood thinks Hollywood is too fake. And the only solution is to bang their spouses? Yes. (laughs) And John, what did you learn? I learned I should just stand around and make fun of people instead of doing my goddamn job. Hey, on this show, that is your job. (laughs) And I learned that we are all replaceable by hotter, longer-haired versions of ourselves. (laughs) Ah, And before we go, we, of course, need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? We are going to college, but not to do some acting. We're studying law in Legally Blonde. Oh, boy. Yes, I think they got the new sequel coming out. So, John, do you have a review for us to get the folks at home excited to go back to school? I do. I have a surprisingly eloquent review. Quite fun, but really unmemorable fluff that passes through you like prunes. <laughs> I like that Legally Blonde is the prunes of <laughs> of cinema. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, at least we're going to be getting our fiber. And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.